Now, let me tell you something. Every time I put on the news, I, I walk away with a bad case of the blues. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, let me tell you something. I put on the news every day. I watch a lot. I have to because in doing this program, I'm trying to do my best to keep you informed. Besides watching the news, I also look at various sources to keep me up to date. And there's one thing that is for certain. It gets crazier day by day. I'm thinking back. I'm getting sentimental. It's been 50 years since I headed out on my own. And, and got my life started. And I'm thinking what life was like in August of 1972. I had high hopes loading up my little Opal Cadet car, and getting ready to go on to school in Ohio and, and work and, and in, in essence, begin life. And I've seen in my lifetime some really weird stuff. But you know, I, I was thinking when I started out, and I'm working at a radio station, I'm going to school, I'm paying my room rent, living hand to mouth as you do when you start out. There were some politics in the air, but, but not as vitriol and as hateful and as angry as it is today. Now granted, 1972 was the year that J. Edgar Hoover died. He had run the FBI for almost 50 years. And we now know that he had a dossier and, and files on over 480,000 people, including pretty much every congressman, every senator, any notable person, any celebrity, governors in various states. He had the goods, which gave him power and control. As a matter of fact, even Lyndon Johnson was somewhat afraid of J. Edgar Hoover. When, when J. Edgar Hoover was 65 years old, he was supposed to retire. And the decision was made not to and make him retire. And he stayed on until 1972. He, he died at home. Uh, he was discovered by his uh, house cleaner, uh, whoever took care of his home. The FBI has now, I think, destroyed their reputation. Monday, August the 8th, 2022, is a day that will live in infamy. It is a, it is a day at a once somewhat respected institution, at least back in the 1930s, maybe the 1940s, well, in another era, another place and time, they destroyed what minuscule bit of honor and integrity it had left. Like I say, for, for over 70 years, the FBI had been increasingly engaged in activities that were, well, most likely criminal and definitely unconstitutional. This particular raid, as we all know now, was signed off by a judge that was actually a lawyer for the Associates of Jeffrey Epstein. And this raid at the former president's home in Florida, I think, has sealed 
the FBI's fate. Monday, the American FBI finally was able to join the ranks of the Gestapo, the Stasi, the KGB, the Praetorian Guard. Now, if the if the rank and file of the FBI did not want to be smeared by those titles, they should have either resigned, complained, or made it public why they were not doing this. Instead, they willingly went along. They, as Hitler's troops, we obeyed orders. Even though they knew killing people was, well, not a legal order. The FBI's behavior has long, long been the topic of discussion in many circles. You know, back in 1976, Senator Church had a hearing. He had a commission going to to look at what the FBI was doing back then. And they concluded back in 1976 that the FBI had crossed the line, so to speak, way too many times. And under J. Edgar Hoover's reign, it had become a rogue institution. But let me tell you something. When I look at the past five years... Just what we know in the last five years. The FBI that Senator Church complained about, they were choir boys by comparison to today's rogue, politically motivated, just evil-minded individuals on the seventh floor of the J. Edgar Hoover building. They're living up to the reputation of the cross-dressing paranoid individual that kept dossiers on American citizens and politicians. They have earned being the Gestapo. They've earned being called the KGB. They've, they've earned being called the Stasi or the Praetorian Guard. They are no longer an American institution. They have become an evil political institution. I believe the time has come that the Congress of the United States have legislation to disband the FBI and start over. Every one of those individuals on the seventh floor of that building probably needs to be fired, investigated, potentially put on trial, and if guilty, spend the rest of their life in prison. I mean, FBI, the FBI, back in 2016, lied to a, a FISA court to get warrants to, to spy on then-candidate, then-president-elect, and even President Trump. They lied. And to this day, not one agent has truly been held accountable. The smirky Peter Strzok and his love burn bird, you know, having an affair with another agent, plotting together to make sure that Trump could not win the presidency, that alone should have had him fired at minimum, losing his pension at minimum, all benefits at minimum, and potentially charged with a violation of the Hatch Act and put in prison. But no, they go searching the Trump residence when he's not there looking at his wife's clothing 
What does that have to do with documents? This was a fishing expedition. And I really believe and I pray to Almighty God that it comes back to haunt them to the point that they are disbanded as an illegal, unconstitutional, and so corrupt of an organization, it can't be salvaged. You know what they did was really bad when Andrew Cuomo, the former governor of New York State, when he says the Department of Justice must explain immediately the reason for its raid, and it must be more than a search for inconsequential archives, or this event will be viewed as a political tactic and undermine any future credibility of the investigation and legitimacy of even the January 6th investigations. Now, we know one thing. We know this for a fact. This is not speculative. We know for a fact that the FBI lied to the courts. And I really believe that these agents today, these corrupt leaders of the FBI today, it would not be beyond them to plant evidence, to create evidence. They do their best to try to create a crime. This is like Stalin and his, and his henchmen. When the prosecutor said, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. It's a backwards world. And when I read this news, yeah, you better believe I get the blues. We know the law enforcement, many law enforcement agencies have been caught lying. And it's sad. And I think those people that are caught lying, there shouldn't be just a slap on the wrist. This should be automatic expulsion from law enforcement, any government job, and loss of all benefits and retirement and prison. We've come to the point. And oh, by the way, there are stupid comments from stupid people watching Geraldo Rivera last night. Well, Trump needs to release the warrant. I got news for you, Geraldo. The warrant is sealed. This particular warrant was sealed. No copy was left. So don't don't give us this silliness. He needs to release. Number one, that's not the job of the, of the former president. It's the job of the Justice Department to explain the criminal activity they're involved in. And then to get a judge, <laughs> this magistrate, this guy that was on the prosecution team against Epstein and then changed sides and started representing Epstein with inside knowledge, this reprobate, this individual, this slimy individual, this is the one that signs the warrant. Is this the best you can do? You can't make this stuff up. If I tried to write a movie script with a line like that, I'd be laughed Nobody would believe it. It's just too far-fetched. I can go on and on about the reasons we can be shocked by what took place this past Monday. But you know, it's a waste of time. Because frankly, the Democrats don't care. All they care about is power. They will lie to you. They will steal from you. They'll take your pensions. They'll take anything they can as long as they can maintain their power. Chuck Schumer was right. You don't mess with these agencies. They have 10 ways to Sunday to do you in. It's time to do them in.
and the politicians that support them. Well, today, my guest host, Jim Calhoun, has a lot more to share. Thanks, Bob. And it's great to be back on Truth to Ponder. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in, and I especially want to thank you for your prayers. They are much needed and much appreciated, so thank you. Before I get on to my topic today, which is going to be discussing some world events and kind of my take on things, I'd like to talk about a couple of emails and a couple of letters I received in the mail that really put some things in perspective for me. I got several emails from people that had never heard my show before, but they heard the Living Off-Grid Power and Information show in Bob's time slot on WRMI. And I got some really nice emails, and I want to thank those that sent me the nice, encouraging words. I do appreciate it. And also, I received two letters in the mail, both of them from listeners that do not have computers, that they don't do anything online. And they're basically the kind of people that makes up the heart and soul of a shortwave listener. These people are well-informed, and also they're not letting the world dictate what they do. They're not jumping to the tune of every new fad. And I really appreciate the letter from Robert. I thank you very much for all of the things that you pointed out in your letter. I agree with what you're saying, and I do think that it's going to take the people that are listening to shortwave who are not as indoctrinated as the normal person. I think that's going to be the core of any group that puts things back together once things fall apart. It's going to be the people like Robert who are not brainwashed. And also in these letters, they pointed out that they don't have any televisions and they don't listen to the mainstream media. And they're just not, they're just not part of, they're not part of this brave new world that they're trying to shove down our throat. These people are just normal, rational people that want to think for themselves. And again, I think that makes up the majority of people that listen to shortwave. I don't think cookie-cutter type people that walk in lockstep, I don't think they listen to shortwave. I think it's the independent people and the ones that really want to get down to the brass tacks of the truth. And also, I received a nice letter from Linda and Darren, and they sent me a nice card with a monarch butterfly, and boy, did that ever brighten my day. And I really love your letter. I think they were dead on as far as what they were observing and the chemtrails and, and everything that I've been talking about. They're talking about things that are not normal that are happening as far as insects and birds and small animals disappearing and trees dying and things like that. And so thank you again, Linda and Darren. I really appreciate it. What's really caught my attention this last week has been Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. And not only her ill-advised visit there, it's the reaction that people are having. And it lets me know that things are so fragile right now as far as the fabric of society that it's actually quite concerning. We have people that otherwise would not think that it was a good thing that someone was trespassing, which, let's be honest, the United States has a policy, and it's called a one-China policy, meaning that the government in Beijing is China. And then you have Taiwan that's not recognized by any nation. And so, by and large, the world has a one-China policy. Although my allegiance would lie with Taiwan other than China, I've got to call it as I see it. 
China claims that territory, and it historically has been part of China. And I think it's a miracle that the government in Beijing hasn't wiped the people in Taiwan or wiped the government out decades ago. And so I think it's a great thing that China has shown restraint and let the people in that island be more or less autonomous. But since the United States government does not recognize Taiwan, but recognizes Beijing as a legitimate government, and that legitimate government told our government that they could not go for a visit unless they came to China, and then they got clearance and went in. Well, we thumbed their nose at them and said, no, we're going if we want to go. And that shows you just how out of control our politicians are. That is basically trespassing. And the Chinese said, do not do this. And we said, we're going to do it anyway. And I think that everyone would be upset if it happened to them. Now, again, I have absolutely no love or respect for the communist Chinese. I think their government's totally evil. But that evil government is officially recognized by every country in the world as being the legitimate government of China. And then the flip side of this coin is Nancy Pelosi and a whole bunch of the Democrats are literally owned by the Chinese. And so, really, what was this trip about? And why would someone in the position of Nancy Pelosi, who is just the Speaker of the House, why would she go on a foreign trip? Wouldn't it be our Secretary of State that should do that? It doesn't make any sense, unless you look at it from the point of view that the whole world is a stage, just like Shakespeare pointed out all those many years ago. If China wanted to have an excuse to invade Taiwan, well, they have one now. It was such a blatant show of disrespect that Pelosi showed the Chinese government that everyone in the world was waiting for China to do something really rash and really strong in response. Well, I think they're still going to do that. But my opinion is that Nancy Pelosi likely was playing along with a scheme that was hatched up between the Democratic Party and their Chinese handlers for something to happen to stir things up to give China an excuse to invade Taiwan. I don't think the Democratic Party, and especially Nancy Pelosi, would ever consider giving back one dime of the money that they've received from the Communist Chinese. And it's not just the Democrats either. There's plenty of Republicans that are on the payroll of the Chicoms. Now, officially, I might not be able to prove that, but all you have to do is just put two and two together and use some common sense. And we can see that there's a lot of people who are bought off by Chinese money. Just look at all the farm ground that the Chinese are snatching up all over the United States. Look at all the companies who have moved their operations over to China. And it's obvious that there are kickbacks taking place. And Nancy Pelosi seems to have her hand out all the time. All these politicians get into office, and they're not wealthy. And they all leave multimillionaires, if not billionaires. That should tell you something. And so I don't buy anything about this trip that Nancy Pelosi took. She had no legitimate reason for going to Taiwan. But it seems like it's really convenient that she went to Taiwan right at a time when China had all of their troops stationed close enough to the shoreline that they could 
put all these rockets on display and all these tanks and troops and airplanes. And they have all these quote unquote live fire drills going on. There's no way that a high ranking politician in any country would put themselves in harm's way like that unless they were receiving something in return. And so I'm not accusing Nancy Pelosi of taking money to stir things up, but I'm wondering if that isn't what happened, because I really do think that that possibility is very real. And another thing that's real disturbing is a lot of people that generally don't like Nancy Pelosi are high-fiving and saying, yeah, USA, yeah, we did this in their face. We made the Chicoms mad. Yeah. And they're cheerleading this. And I've been reading all over the Internet that Xi Jinping and his government are nothing but a paper tiger and the Chinese military is untested and they're not trained and they're just a paper tiger. And we could mop the floor with them anytime we wanted to because our military is so much better than the Chinese. And all of this is based on the Chinese not blowing Nancy Pelosi's airplane out of the sky. But I think the possibility that she is working with the Chinese government to stir things up is very real. And so I don't think that she was ever in any danger of the Chinese pilots shooting down her airplane. I think all of that was just nothing but bluster. You're just a smokescreen. But getting back to these people that are happy that we did something to anger the Chinese is like a bunch of little boys throwing rocks at a hornet's nest. And every time they hit the nest and it makes the hornets buzz loud and fly around in circles, they're out there laughing with glee and high-fiving. That's what it reminds me of. But they don't laugh with glee anymore once the hornets find out who's disturbing your nest, and then they go out and solve the problem. Then you have a bunch of terrified young boys running away, and they have to nurse some really bad hornet stings. And I like to use analogies. And what immediately came to mind when I saw all these reactions of average Americans saying, yeah, the Chinese are just nothing but a paper tiger. I thought back to 1974, when Muhammad Ali fought George Foreman. And Muhammad Ali used what he called the rope-a-dope. He let Foreman pound on him for several rounds until George Foreman was absolutely exhausted. Then after Foreman couldn't defend himself, then Ali went to work and started using his own offense and kicked in his own game plan of really intensifying his offense in this fight. And we all know the outcome of that fight. Muhammad Ali won that fight. And that term rope-a-dope is actually a phrase that is part of our culture now. And so all of you people that are really happy that we did something to the Chinese to make them mad, I just got three words for you. Rope-a-dope. That's exactly what the Chinese are doing, in my opinion. And another analogy is they're handing out a lot of rope, enough rope for people to hang themselves. And I think the Chinese government is very patient. And I think they're committed to their ideologies. And I think they're trying to project weakness to the West. And so the West will underestimate the capability and resolve of the Chinese government. Another analogy that really works is back when 
the Europeans were settling North America, especially out on the plains, there would be a group of Plains Indians that would ride up to the top of a hill above a ranch or a farm. This was a tactic that the Indians used very successfully. They would ride their horses up on top of a hill where they'd be seen by the pioneers. And most of these pioneers were what you call greenhorns. And they really didn't know the tricks that the Indians used as far as how to engage them in battle. And so the pioneers would get on their horse, they would charge up towards the Indians, and of course the Indians would flee, they'd run. And the Indians generally had smaller but faster horses. And then the Indians would see how many people were chasing them. Then they'd start counting shots. Almost every time, at a full gallop, the pioneers would shoot their guns at the Indians. This was back before cartridges, back when you had black powder. You had to drop the ball in and then tamp it down, and it took a while to reload. After the last shot was fired, the Indians would wheel around with their bows and arrows and spears. And then the pioneers would suddenly realize that they were in horrible trouble because they had no way to defend themselves because they already shot their bullet and it missed. Many a pioneer lost their life to this tactic. And I really do think that's what the Chinese government is doing. I think they're luring the West into a false sense of security. I think they're setting us up. And I think that Russia is watching this very closely. And I think Beijing is watching what's happening in Ukraine very closely. And I really don't think that the Chinese communists and the Russians are as good buddies as people like to think. I think the ideologies clash really hard. But they do have one thing in common. And that's the United States has done everything in their power to bully both of these countries. The United States has done everything in their power to meddle in the affairs of both of these countries. Now, I know that we do a lot of business with China, and it's one-sided. It's in the Chinese favor. I realize that. But that's just because the Chinese are really good at buying off politicians that are only there to get rich. There's an awful lot of greed in Washington, D.C., and the Chinese government takes full advantage of that. But right now, the United States of America worldwide is viewed as a bully, and the United States is viewed as being a corrupt country, and also a country without morals and without shame. And right now, the United States is exporting the woke movement and the transgender movement, all the gay agenda, and all the things that these social justice warriors are trying to push in the United States, they're trying to take that into other countries. And most countries do not appreciate it. And so the United States right now is not looked upon as being a benevolent big brother or as a partner or even as a good entity. The United States is looked upon by a lot of part of the world as being controlled by Satan. And the United States of America is doing its best to prove itself as Babylon the Great. And all these people that think the United States military can easily defeat China or easily defeat Russia, look at what happened in Afghanistan. And also, let's look at Vietnam. The United States military hasn't won anything for a long time. 
And I'm not trying to throw dirt at our soldiers and sailors and airmen. I'm not doing that at all. But the leadership, as far as the people in the Pentagon, they're more interested in pushing social issues than they are defending this country. If anyone in Washington, D.C. was really interested in defending the United States of America, we would have people at the southern border right now defending the border of the United States of America. But you see, that's not politically correct. The United States of America has been hijacked by globalists and people that really don't care anything about we the people. All they care about is their big pockets and filling their pockets with as much cash as they can. And unfortunately, a lot of American citizens are falling for the rope-a-dope. There are people that actually think that we should go to war with Russia and China at the same time, defeat them both, and in that way make both of these countries unimportant and not a threat or a rival to the United States. And I think that these people that have the view of the United States military as being this juggernaut that cannot be stopped, I think they're thinking about the World War II era military. I don't think they're thinking about the transgender woke military that we seem to have now. And let's not forget, they forced all of our people in the service to get the death jab. And so to all you people that think it would be a cakewalk to fight China or Russia or both at the same time, just think rope-a-dope. And I'll be right back on the other side of the break. Thank you, Jim. And Jim, we'll be right back after we have this break. Hard to believe we are now in our third year of doing the program Truth to Ponder. When we started over two years ago, the coronavirus was raging. The vaccines had not yet uh, come out. Of course, Dr. Fauci said they probably would never come out anytime soon. But it was all well orchestrated and planned. And I, I really believe planned in such a way to impact elections across the United States. I said back in August and September and October of 2020, don't think that Trump is going to win this election. And I even said then that, you know, there, there, there's no way to know. And I wouldn't put it past the Democrats for cheating. I'm convinced now, looking back over time, that Hillary Clinton thought she had the election of 2016 in the bag, that they had already worked out, quote, the details. And she was in shock that all their efforts, which I believe included cheating in 2016, were not enough. And that's why Trump won Wisconsin, won Pennsylvania, won Michigan, won Arizona, won Ohio, and yes, Florida. We live in perilous times. And if you believe in this radio program, would you consider giving us your financial support to pay for the shortwave airtime? There's no paid employees here at Truth to Ponder. If you can help us make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, that's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Truth to Ponder 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city, Crestview, one word, 
Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida. And that zip code again is 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Starting with the blue. Shalom Aleichem. This is... Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. To build the tabernacle of God, the tent, the Lord gave Israel instructions. The cloth was to be woven with these three colors, blue, purple, scarlet. Whatever, Wherever these three colors are mentioned, whether the veils or the high priest's clothing, blue is always, fir- always first. It's always first. Why is blue first? The colors are significant. Red is the Hebrew, is, is the word for Adam or Adam. It represents earth and man. And blue is the color of heaven. Blue is always first. Because the secret of life is that you always have to start with the blue, the heavenly. Whatever you do, start with the heavenly. Your day, start it with the heavenly. Your plans, start with the heavenly. Your actions, start with the heavenly. Messiah said to live on earth as it is in heaven. It has to come from heaven first. Don't live in the red. <laughs> if you put earthly things first, you're going to end up with nothing. You put your problems first, your business first, the details of your earthly life first, it's going to come to nothing. But if you live in the blue, you put heavenly things first, your problems are going to become smaller. You put God first, you're going to be able to love those people. That's why I say seek the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, and all these things will be added to you. That's the red. Blue first. So stop reacting to everything around you. Start, start looking up. Respond to God. Let every motive come from the blue from heaven. Let every plan come from the blue from heaven. Let every action respond come from heaven love with the love of God move with the spirit of God live by the life of God live in the blue and your life will never end up in the red want more ask for the purple mystery there's three types of it one two and three on three CDs now the free gift for you the most incredible awesome mystery of the temple doors the hidden writings of the rabbis and awesome stuff plus sapphires free gift subscription guaranteed to give you the power of living victorious life in God all free how do you get these gifts easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of this world. Salvation to five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. It's amazing. Through shortwave radio, we can blanket the earth farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. Just call 1-800-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Write to the nice Jewish boy in box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy in box 1111, Lodi. L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Adon Olam HaShamayim, the Lord of heaven and earth. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to the second half of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Bierman today. And Bob Bierman will be back tomorrow with another great episode of Truth to Ponder. I really do appreciate you tuning in. And there's something happening right now that's not good at all. There's definitely an assault on our First Amendment and also... The alternative media 
what I call the new truth media that are made up of generally we the people who just got fed up of being lied to by the mainstream media and so started telling the truth and gaining a following. And the leftists and the globalists, they can't have that because they have to control the entire narrative. Everything from the thought police to censorship and and whatever else they can dream up, they're going to do. Look at how many Twitter accounts have been closed. Look at how many people have been banned from YouTube and Facebook. And it's going to do nothing but get worse because these people are bent on controlling every aspect of our life. And anytime anyone has any success in the alternative media, that really makes them mad. And so they've decided they're going to do everything in their power to destroy the new truth media. And probably one of the largest figures is Alex Jones with InfoWars. Now, I know there's not a lot of middle ground with Alex Jones. You either love him or you hate him. And I do know that he's very polarizing. But I also know this. He's a United States citizen. And he has the same God-given rights that we all have. But yet, in the Sandy Hook debacle that he was involved with, they have decided to use the deaths of these children to destroy all of the New Truth media, starting with Alex Jones. And so what they're going to do is try to sue InfoWars out of existence. And what's really troubling about this is that the court, if you want to call it that, and the trial, and that's very loosely describing what happened, was absolutely a farce. It was worse than the show trials in the old Soviet Union. The outcome was predetermined, but Alex Jones nor his lawyer was given the right to speak or to defend themselves. The judge just said, you're guilty, without hearing any of the evidence. They put so many gag orders on Alex's attorney and, and Alex himself that they couldn't even defend themselves. They weren't allowed to speak. And the so-called jury was told, he's guilty. And the jury was there just to come up with a dollar amount. And the globalist satanic attorney prosecuting this so-called trial made it very clear that they want to take away all First Amendment rights from anyone that disagrees with them, starting with Alex Jones. And he told the jury to make it hurt so bad that InfoWars would have to be dismantled and sold and totally obliterated. And he made it abundantly clear that they were going to use Alex Jones in InfoWars as an example to all the rest of us out here in the New Truth Media. And so if they can take Alex Jones down, who is undoubtedly one of the smartest and most clever people that we have in the New Truth Media, now I say that because he's been deplatformed from everything, but yet he's still there. He's always able to work an angle to keep things going. And I pray for Alex Jones. I pray that he is able to survive this because he's being trampled on and our Constitution is being totally trampled on. And it seems like that this show trial is only to set a precedent. And so who knows how long it'll be before they get around to the small fish like me. Now, frankly, I don't care. 
I've made up my mind that this is the hill that I want to die on. I am going to oppose these people with everything I have. And Alex Jones literally has done that and continues to do that. And so whether you agree with Alex Jones and his delivery and his methodology, you have to understand this. If Alex Jones falls, then it's just a matter of time until we lose every member of the New Truth Media because they're going to take them out at the knees one at a time. So I ask everybody to keep everyone in the New Truth Media in your prayers, and especially Alex Jones and InfoWars. We all have to understand one thing. Whether you like him or not, we're all on the same side here opposing the globalists and opposing this new world order. And we can't idly sit back and do absolutely nothing while they start dismantling what we've all worked so hard to build. Now, I'm very new in this game, and so I haven't worked that hard to build anything. But Alex Jones has been around for almost 30 years, and for 30 years they've been trying to shut him down. And it looks like they've come up with a formula. They're just going to hit him with lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. Anytime that he opens his mouth, they say that he's lying. I watched part of the trial, and you can't even call it a trial. It was absolute rubbish. And there's no American citizen that should have their rights revoked just because the judge happens to be woke and the judge happens to be no judge at all, just someone appointed to start dismantling the New Truth Media. So again, please keep InfoWars and Alex Jones and all the rest of the New Truth Media in your prayers. Now, neither myself nor Bob Behrman are connected in any way with Alex Jones. The only way that we are connected, so to speak, is that we're both part of the new alternative media. And so as a member of that group, I must speak out when I see massive injustice. And I also see that they're using Alex Jones as a precedent to where they can come after all of us. So everyone, keep your eye on what's going on with InfoWars. And again, keep him in your prayers. And the first half of the show, I was talking about the possible trouble with China. And I'm going to expound on that just a little bit before I move on. I really think that China and Russia have got kind of an alliance, maybe not as strong as what people think, but strong enough that if they decide to crush the United States, they could do so very easily. All China would have to do is embargo and not ship any goods over to us. They can stop shipments of prescription drugs, computer chips, and other electronic devices like laptops and smartphones. All China would have to do is cut us off. And there's a lot of natural resources that are in abundance in Russia that we in the West utilize all the time. Just think natural gas and fertilizer and, and rare earth minerals that both China and Russia both have. And so we in the West are extremely dependent on China and Russia. And all China and Russia would have to do is start an economic war, and I don't think that we would last six months. I really don't. Because I don't think we can even service the machinery and electronics that are out there right now that are built in China. If we need spare parts of any type, we just won't be able to get them. And that's not even to mention all the food that we get from China. And then when you want to talk about food, think about the food that Russia 
produces for the world. So if there's anybody on this planet that has the upper hand, it's definitely China and Russia. But we in the West, and I'm going to speak about the United States of America primarily, are under such a spirit of delusion. It's like the verses in the Bible that talks about God putting a delusion out over the people. I really do feel that the people in Washington, D.C. are so out of touch with reality that it's not a stretch of any imagination that they might end up destroying their own country and killing an awful lot of their fellow countrymen just because of their stupidity, their arrogance, and also their attitude that they want to be bullies. I've never seen such childish actions in my life. Now, Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan, what did it accomplish? Why did she go? Well, again, I suspect she was paid to go by the Chinese to stir things up, to give them an excuse to finally squish Taiwan. I know that it's a very complex issue with Taiwan and China. I know it's a complex issue between Russia and Ukraine. There's complex issues all over the world. But complex issues need to have sane and rational people that at least have a pinch of common sense to deal with the issues that they see. But what I see in Washington, D.C. is just the opposite. People that have no common sense, that have no morals, that have no compass, that really don't have any real goals other than to make themselves rich. And a lot of people like to say that capitalism causes greed. Well, there's greed in every society. And a lot of people who are more socialist than not in Washington, D.C. that really don't like capitalism, they're amongst the greediest. They're also amongst the richest. So we have an awful lot of things happening worldwide that are not good. And it seems like it's always we the people, the common person that always has to bear the brunt of all these ill-advised decisions and all the things that are happening that really don't have to happen. If there's anything that has me frustrated is that everything from COVID-19 and the response to it, everything that's happened, the lockdowns, the people losing their jobs and people being sterilized by this so-called vaccine that's nothing but a death jab, None of this had to happen. And now you have people like Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci are saying that it's going to have to happen again. More lockdowns. And I hear they're considering lockdowns and things for this monkeypox and also social distancing and trying to treat the monkeypox just as they treated COVID. Masks and all. Well, I'm going to tell you something. None of these so-called protective measures against COVID worked. The vaccines don't work because they're not vaccines. Unless you're like me and think that the vaccines really do work and they're doing their job very well because I think they have mass depopulation in mind. But as a preventative and as a cure of COVID, total failure. The masks are a total failure. And I'm noticing online, there's an awful lot of people that are putting videos out of people that refuse to wear a mask. And all of these videos are vilifying these people. 
and trying to act like it's these people who are infecting everybody. And you would think we would be way past that, but it's ramping up again. And so I know the propaganda machine is really alive and well, and it's about to be turned up a notch or two. Now, I never have wore a mask because they don't work. And if people would say, well, that's selfish of you, you should wear a mask. Well, why? It doesn't work. If there was scientific evidence that a mask worked, sure, I'd wear one. But I'm not going to be out here pretending. I'm not going to pretend I'm saving myself or I'm not going to try to pretend that any of these measures actually work when they don't. That's like if you were really hungry and you sat down to an empty plate, you pretended you had supper. That just doesn't work. And other people might say, well, if you wear the masks, it makes other people feel better. If they're wearing a mask, and if they also have the death jab and they think both of them work, then why are they worried about me? It seems like the propaganda machine is trying to turn everything upside down again. I listened to a news clip of former Vice President Dick Cheney that stated that President Trump was trying to steal the 2020 election and used violence and tried to overthrow the government. And he also said that Donald Trump was the biggest threat to our republic in the history of our republic. And he says that Donald Trump lost big in that election. And Donald Trump knows that he lost big. Well, I never really have liked Dick Cheney. Now I really, really don't like Dick Cheney because he's spreading propaganda. I think most of us realize that the election was stolen. It wasn't, it wasn't that anyone tried to steal it. It was it was stolen. And it was stolen by the Democrats with the help of the Republicans that are considered rhinos. And then you look at Liz Cheney, who is nothing but a disgrace. And then to have her father come disgrace himself by coming out and saying what he said just lets you know that all these people are in lockstep and all they care about is putting money in their pocket. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about we the people. And it really makes it hard for me to get excited about the midterm elections because if we throw one group of bums out, we're just going to get another group of bums. The Republican Party, as far as I'm concerned, is absolutely infiltrated with filth. I'm a registered Republican, but I can see what's going on. The Republicans are just as much part of the problem as the Democrats. They're both two sides of the same coin. I know a lot of people say, well, we need to have a third party and come up with a whole new system. I think to really fix things, we have to start over again. I don't think you're going to vote your way to a better country. I don't know if you ever could, but I can say right now that if we ever could do that, those days are long gone now. And it seems like in Arizona, during the last primary, they covered the windows again and didn't want anyone to watch them count votes. And that should be criminal. That should be illegal. The right to vote is one of the most important things that a citizen of the United States has. But the right to vote has been so tarnished and so corrupted that it really means nothing. And that's really sad because I've always been one of the people that thought you could do it through the ballot box. And I've supported candidates and helped with campaigns. And I've really plugged into that system. 
But after the research that I've done and seeing what I've seen and knowing what I now know, I'm not excited in the least about politics. That's why I tell people that I focus on God's kingdom, because God's kingdom has truth and justice and compassion and love. God's kingdom is the future. Anyone who reads the Bible can see that the kingdom of God is what's going to replace this mess we have right now. And so I'm all for Jesus' return anytime, because I think that this world that we have now is corrupt beyond repair. Now, I've talked to some other Christians lately that think that Jesus is not going to come for a while because Jesus is going to come to a larger remnant and also a vibrant church. And so what I got out of the conversation is that they thought that the church had to turn around first and Jesus would return to this glorious bride instead of this small little number that's not even hardly a remnant. And I thought that was very interesting, and I've been thinking about that. And then I have to think of the words in the Bible that say, as in the days of Noah, when talking about the end times. Well, what happened in Noah's day? There was a mixing of the fallen angels and the human females, and so you had corruption of the DNA, as in the days of Noah. That's what's happening right now. They're corrupting our DNA. They're doing that through science. And also, when I thought about the fact that this person thought that there weren't enough people to really have a remnant, was waiting for the church to grow and to flourish before Jesus' return, I had to think, as in the days of Noah, how many people did God spare during the Great Flood? Not even a remnant, not even a decent handful, just, just a few members from one family out of the entire world. And it states perfectly clear that the end times will be as in the days of Noah. It doesn't specify which things are going to happen as in the days of Noah. But I think that anybody that really puts their head to it can understand that there's not going to be that many people that make it through the tribulation. And the remnant that is going to meet Jesus is not going to be a very large one. And there's all sorts of theories that I've been seeing and all sorts of things that are on the Internet that seems to just want to cloud things up, try to make gray areas where stuff should be just totally black and white. And it seems like there's a lot of people that are pretending to be Christians. There are a lot of people that are pretending to be patriotic Americans. And so we all have to watch out for these people that are trying to deceive. And again, it goes right back to Satan, the father of the lie. I've been reading quite a bit about people that think that they're aliens from other planets. And they're thoroughly convinced about that. But if you ask them if they believe in demons, they say they don't. They don't believe in demons, but they believe in extraterrestrials. Now, it stands to reason that if you believed in one, you could possibly believe in both. But the Bible is clear that demons are real. And I think a lot of people have experienced people that have had demons. 
I know I have. And most of the people that study abductions and UFOs and that realm have come to the conclusion that it's all demonic. And so we have misinformation going on everywhere out there. So we have spiritual misinformation. We have political misinformation. We have societal misinformation. We have people that are cheering for things that they shouldn't be cheering for. We have people that are denouncing things that they shouldn't denounce. It just everything is upside down. I think it's time that we all collectively took a deep breath and took a very close look at our own surroundings and do what we can to get some sanity into our lives, get some sanity into our communities. And so as you look at society, you can see how broken it is. And only through prayer and through patience and through faith can we rebuild some of our own infrastructure, so to speak, of our own families, of our own lives, of our own communities. And I think that that's where it has to start. It has to start with you and then your family, and then your extended family, your community, hopefully even your state. Hopefully things can be ironed out and straightened out a little bit, but possibly we've already went over a cliff and it's too late. But it's never too late to pray and we should always have faith. And so we should all stay in prayer and we should all bolster our faith. No matter what we read, no matter what we hear, no matter what we see, we should always live in a spirit of faith. Well, I hope someone got something from this show today. I really appreciate Bob Beerman having me fill in on Truth to Ponder. I always enjoy that. And if you would like to support Truth to Ponder, that would be a great thing. And you can go to truth2ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com and hit the link that says support. And then you can electronically support Truth to Ponder with a donation. Or you could mail a donation in, you would send a check or money order, and you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 3248, in Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, stay well, stay informed, keep your powder dry. But most of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.